Good Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 56 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, March 12th, 2020, and I'm dying to know what you're reading. So drop down to the show notes if you're on the podcast. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. Let me know what books are on your Kindle, what audiobooks you're listening to. Uh, if you're an author and you have a book that I desperately need to read, let me know what it is. I'm always looking for things to keep me occupied. Um, what am I reading right now? Thank you for asking. I am reading, um, I'm reading on my Kindle, Agents of the Crown by Lindsay Baroker. Just looking over my notes real quick to make sure I said it right. I usually say the titles wrong. I'm so sorry, people. Uh, but right now it's Agents of the Crown. It is a trilogy. And I think I'm like halfway through book one and it is wonderful. I'm having a great time with it. And um, I'm going to read you uh, a description because it's really good. So let me get over to this description. Okay, this is fantasy. And let me start here. In a kingdom, in a faraway kingdom, an immensely powerful soul is trapped in a jewel called a dragon tear. Whoever holds it has access to great magical power, but as in all times and places, power is seductive and dangerous. And as with all trapped souls, this one wants to escape. Orphaned at a young age, Zinnia Cham has fought and scraped her way into a position of honor as an inquisitor for one of the city's temples. But as an even greater destiny awaits, but an even greater destiny awaits. Impressed by her deeds, the king offers her a prestigious position as one of his elite agents of the crown. The missions will be dangerous, and she's not sure she wants the partner she's being assigned a cocky noble lord from a wealthy estate. But she has the opportunity to distinguish herself as she serves not only the city, but the entire kingdom. How could she say no? There's just one problem. The king gives her a mysterious dragon tear that's nothing like the other magical gems she's seen. She may need its power to stay alive in this perilous new job, but dare she rely upon it. So this is a fun one. I, Like I said, I'm about halfway through book one. It has um, kept me occupied. In a lot of places, I've had to sit and wait for things uh, this week. So uh, thank you, Lindsay, for writing it. And um, audio, I'm listening to, I just finished um, an audiobook called um, Ain't Nothing But a Pound Dog. Excuse me. Um, I'm listening to um, an audiobook uh, called uh, Ain't Nothing But a Pound Dog. I'm clearing my throat here. And uh, let me uh, read the description for you. Um, see, this is a trilogy also, and this is the first book in the series. Toby Dog suddenly has plenty to say for himself. This is paranormal um, animals. The only witness to the brutal murder of his owner, Toby is hexed by a woman. I need to make this bigger so I can read it. Hang on. Sorry. Toby is hexed by a woman with evil intentions. Speak to none but me, she tells him. Wretched and misunderstood, he's incarcerated in the local pound. With a death sentence hanging over his head, Toby has almost given up hope. But then he meets Clarissa. Not only is she a witch, she's a local investigative journalist. And amazingly, she can understand what he has to say. Finally, she's found, he's found someone who believes his story. Can Clarissa save Toby with their identity 
will the will they identify who killed his owner and why? And will Toby ever eat his fill of sandwiches? Find out in the first installment of this brand new cozy dog mystery series. So um, you can tell I am not a um, an audiobook uh, reader. <laughs> I leave that to the professionals. Um, so anyway, those are what I'm reading right now, and they're great. And I just finished the the first in the Toby series, and I'm going to grab actually the ebook of the next one because um, I like to read before I go to bed at night, and I usually turn the lights off so my husband can go to sleep. And if I read on my Kindle, it does not bother him. So. I am going to um, stick with that. And because I wear cochlear implants, I take those off before I go to bed at night. So I can't listen to audiobooks, which is probably a good thing because I would fall asleep while I was listening. Okay, let's see. A little bit of business from uh, episode 53. We have a winner of the drawing. Uh, we had a nice comment from Carolyn. She was one of the, she was the winner. Um, uh, uh, we had a couple people comment. Um, not that many, but thank you for com for commenting, people. And Carolyn uh, really enjoyed the show, and she looks forward to reading the book, which is perfect because she wins one copy of the book, an e-copy of any of um, Paige Lavoie's books. And actually, I was already in touch with Carolyn, and she picked out the um, the book. Oh, I forget the name of it now. Oh, I'm so sorry, Paige. She has a... Um, um, a book that has a series of love stories in it. Um, it's a bunch of different love stories. So Carolyn will uh, read that and get back to me and tell me what she thought. And I'll let you all know. But go check that out. And I'll have notes in the show notes, uh, links in the show notes to um, all the books that we've talked about today. Okay, so today on the show, I've got Kayla Don Thomas. And she is a romance author. And she was on episode 51. If you want to go back and hear her interview. Uh, she's going to talk about some romance books that, she, books that she has read recently that she recommends. And let me just read you her bio real quick. Kayla Don Thomas grew up on an Idaho cattle ranch and now calls the wheat fields of the Washington Palouse home with her husband, daughter, and two dogs. Kayla writes contemporary romance with characters that feel like real-life friends. Her rural roots inspire her writing, and she enjoys giving the world a little taste of what life of a life most people have never experienced. A rapid reader when Kayla isn't writing, ushering dogs in and out of the house, or taking care of the humans in her family, you can find her in a comfy spot with a book. So uh, let's get right to Kayla and her recommendations. And um, uh, she, at the end of this, she spells out the author's names, but I will have uh, everything in the show notes in the links. So if you want to check out any of these books that she talks about, you'll, be, you'll easily be able to. Uh, much easier than I'm having uh, a time talking. Uh, uh. Anyway, so let's get right to it, and I'll shut up. I'll see you after. Welcome, Kayla. Uh, what do you got for our romance roundup for us? Well, I decided to give you a little variety while we're together today. Um, I did a couple of contemporary romance authors, and then I also did a couple of historicals. Oh, great, great. Oh, and, and welcome uh, to the show. Sorry about that. I should have started with that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm happy to be here talking about one of my very favorite things. So, <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my first book for you all is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And one of the fun things about this book, she's an English author. And um, 
it's like, uh, let's see, both my contemporary art authors are um, kind of it for a diverse audience, which I really love that romance is getting more diverse. But with Get a Life, Chloe Brown, we have a biracial couple and um, the female protagonist is plus size, which is awesome because they're so often, everybody's just the skinny little perfect thing that, you know, <laughs> makes us all roll our eyes a little bit. And she has chronic illness. She has, um, Chloe has fibromyalgia. And I thought that was kind of interesting just because um, I've been going through a period of chronic pain to read about somebody who falls in love for the first time and, well, maybe not for the first time for her, but finds real love with somebody who loves her for who she is despite any limitation she has. And um, Red uh, is the male protagonist. He is just oh, dreamy and super sexy and but beyond that, he he's just so caring and gentle with her and just wants to take care of her. And it's just it's just beautiful. Um, in addition to the two of them, there are some great side characters, lots of witty banter. I laughed out loud several times going through this book. I loved uh, Chloe's grandma, Gigi. She she's a former performer. Um, I don't know if she, I think she was a singer or something, but she's just like flamboyant and out there, but yet she's just super awesome. And she has, Danny has, or excuse me, Danny, here I am exposing some things. Chloe has two sisters, Danny and Eve, and this is going to be a trilogy. So the next book by Talia is uh, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and I'll tell you, I have already pre-ordered it, and I don't always just pre-order something the minute I finish, you know, a book by an author, but this was good enough that I needed to know what happened to Danny. And I knew Danny well enough to know I wanted to know what happened to Danny. <laughs> yeah. How long is the book? Oh, I don't know. I read it on my Kindle. <laughs> mm. but I know I, that's it, always, that's always tough. Yeah. I'm reading a, a series right now. It's like six books and I'm 8% and I keep telling myself, I wonder how many pages that is. I guess it doesn't really matter pages anymore because we do read so much on Kindle. We do. I'm looking it up. It didn't feel super long. Um, I'm guessing this is my prediction that was around 250 pages, but let me see. Get a life, Chloe Brown. Thankfully, it's popular, so it pops right up for us on Amazon. It, oh, 384 pages. Ah, a little bit longer than you thought. Yeah, a little bit but longer you know, than that I tells us that it was a good book, that it sped by that that so fast for you that you weren't sure how long it was. Exactly. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so my second author is Helen Huang. And she, I've read two books by her this year. And they are just amazing. Um, she, Helen is on the autism spectrum. And so her protagonist, she always has one protagonist that's also on the autism spectrum, um, highly functioning, you know, people and usually very, very intelligent and, um, but they have a lot of OCD and things, which makes it hard for them to connect with people and let alone find a life partner. So it was, her characters are just you just feel like you're friends with them and you want to hang out with them. And 
I, oh my goodness. And, and I, what I also need to throw in full, all of these books I've talked about so far are pretty open door. Do you want me to explain what open door is? Yeah. Explain that for anybody who doesn't know, including me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have with romance, open door and closed door love scenes. Open door means you see the naked and the body parts and the sounds and the smells and the tastes and all the things. So these were both very open door. Ah, uh, the door. ones that make me giggle. Okay. Yeah, the ones that make you giggle, maybe. So closed door would be more like what I write because I can't write open door without giggling and getting embarrassed. I can read it fine, but I can't write it. Um, yeah, I have but, a hard time listening in the car. If I'm listening. Oh, God, I couldn't do it. And I, I was driving, I was reading one of Cecilia Mecca's books. Um, she's been on the show before and she writes the bare-chested Scotsman books. Mm. Uh, well, that's not the name of them, but they have no clothes practically in there. It's in like Scotland or something. Yes, we're going to talk and about what it was. I was going someplace and every t there was this one scene and every time anything started to happen, my my directions would break in. You know, she she fondled his chest. She ripped open his turn left at the next intersection. <laughs> Oh my God, I told Cecilia I had to pull to the side of the road and figure out how to turn off the voice for my direction. It's st I still never turned it back on again. And then I would be at stoplights giggling because I knew people could probably hear my book in the cars <laughs> next to me. So that made me giggle even more. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, I'm sorry I interrupted you before. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. And closed door is usually where you, you have the making out and, you know, a little bit of foreplay. Everybody's getting heated up and then you kind of fade to black or they go in the bedroom and close to door, the door, you know, and, and scene kind of a deal. So, and leave a little bit more to your reader's imagination. So um, I just want folks to have a little warning in case uh they they get into something they didn't quite want to see <laughs> yeah so these are both open doors so we'll make sure we put that in the show notes we'll have links to these books in the show notes and um if i can find the covers i'll i'll throw them up on um, for the video so people can see what the covers look like I'll grab yeah and these have really cute cover covers there's kind of a trend in contemporary romance right now where they have kind of cartoony co covers which really I don't want to say is misleading, but you wouldn't guess them to be all hot and steamy inside. Uh -huh. So that, that is something to keep in mind. It's not your typical Fabio bare-chested cover. Um, so anyway, Helen Huang, I've read The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test. Both um, are in, I don't know the name of the series, but I didn't, um, but they are, are part of a series for her. I didn't quite know that's where she was going at first. Um, they most of the characters are Vietnamese or um, have some Vietnamese heritage, and so it's really fun to get into a culture that I'm unfamiliar with, and you just feel like you're part of the family when you're reading those books. I just love how she's done it. Oh, I, I like that. I like being immersed in the culture and yeah, exactly. Feeling like you're part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a great writing style that just flows. And again, I, I'm not sure about the page rant, um, count, but they just flew by They're Like I couldn't stop reading. They were so, so good. Um, let's see. So those are my two contemporaries. I guess I gave you three books, two authors. 
And then historical, I have to say for a long time, I didn't read historical. I did every now and then because I used to trade books with my grandma when I was in middle school and high school. And, um, and so I would get historical. She did. She did. And, and so I would read them here and there, but they were just kind of okay for me. So mostly I didn't read them for a long, long time. But then I was listening to a, uh, Rachel Hollis podcast and she interviewed author Lisa Kleypas. And she was, she's a historical novelist, a romance novelist that Rachel was just crazy about. And I was like, okay, all this hype, I have to check her out. So I started with the first book in her Wallflower series. And I think that's a great place to start because I feel like everything after that is connected to those, even if they're not the same series per se, there's a lot of reference back to other characters. And I just bombed through that book. It was so good. It's Regency Romance, which I looked up the meaning of Regency. It officially occupies the narrow slot between 1811 and 1820 when King George the Fourth, IV. Is that fourth? I think that's four. Oh, geez. My education failed me. I think that's four. Okay, we'll go with that. And if somebody <laughs> wants to correct us, that would be great. My Roman numerology is not good. Uh, let's see. King George IV was Prince Regent. Enterprising authors have, however, managed to make it stretch from roughly 1800 to the 1830s until Victoria comes along in 1837. And I got that off a of book riot. So I figured oh. they probably knew what they were talking about. They probably do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I probably couldn't tell you much about the years. I think they do slap them at the beginning of the books, but I just think big poofy dresses and corsets and, uh, no indoor toilets and people die of consumption is that it (laughs) i think that could be a thing but you know so far for the most part the people i've been reading about you know are the higher class folks in their mansions frolicking around and having balls and yeah everything's just perfect so um and the other thing i've noticed about i think this puts me off of historical too is they often have the fabio covers and have really dumb names like they just don't even sound intelligent. So yeah. secrets of a summer night. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's yeah. But you, in the Wallflower series, but you know, it's just magical. I loved it. Yeah. You know, I think there's something, yeah, the titles, something about titles like that. And, but you know, you know what to expect. Yeah. You know, I think that's so what's fun about them is they they are a bit formulaic. So, but I find that comforting. Um, and one thing I've liked about Lisa Kleypas is she captures the culture, but she always has really strong female protagonists. They're not all damsels in distress that need to be whisked away and fixed and comforted and that kind of thing. They, they have brains in their heads and it's, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. And the men can be a little brutish sometimes, but the ladies always kind of whip them into shape, kind yeah, of a thing, I like which that. I appreciate. These are fairly open door as well. Um, just for a heads up, I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, if you, when you see the chesty guy, the bare chested guy, would it be a closed door book? I think you'd expect it to be open door. Yeah, which actually Lisa's books have just a woman in a gorgeous gown on each of her covers. Her covers are very pretty. So I guess... And a lot of times closed door romances tend to fall into sweet romance or religious, you know, Christian 
type books and I've read some and they're just, it makes everything bland. Not because the sex is missing, but everything is just a little too bland for my taste. I mean, I know other people, it is just right for others. So I think that's why I tend to read more open door. Um, but I write more closed door, but I try not to be that bland. I'm trying to bridge the gap. <laughs> So anyway, that's where I, I say you should start with Lisa Clay Pass is The Secrets of a Summer Night. It's so good. And I don't usually bomb through series, but I did bomb through the four books of the Wallflower series and have started the next one. Um, and yeah, their covers are, are just beautiful. So my last author is Maya Banks, and she writes the McCabe trilogy. It looks like she writes a lot of stuff. Um, I was looking on Amazon and some things look like she might maybe get into some bondage and things which aren't quite up my alley but but this McCabe trilogy I heard about um, through the Ripped Bodice which is a great Instagram feed. They're at the Ripped Bodice. It's I believe the only true romance only bookstore in the United States. And they're down, it's owned by a couple of sisters. They're pretty young. I'd say they're in their 20s down in California. And they are just so much fun. And I have yet to read a book that I've heard about through their feed that wasn't amazing. In fact, that's where I found Talia Hibbert and Helen Huang was through their feed. So if you're looking for recommendations, follow them. And it was the Ripped Bodice? Mm-hmm. Are they on Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Instagram. They're probably okay. on, on Twitter too, but I follow them on, on, um, Instagram. Okay. Well, I'll find them and then add the link to the show notes also. Yeah. Yeah. So the, these are back to our bare chested men in Scotland that you were talking about your friend writing. And, um, the, I'll have to say I was really turned off by the Fabio styled cover. I'm very glad that I read on a Kindle because nobody can see it. <laughs> and again, the title is of the first book in the series is In Bed with a Highlander. Ah, so yeah. this is an open door book? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> very much so. But what I appreciated about this book is, you know, you see in bed with a Highlander and it's like, oh, great. This is just all they're going to do is have sex. And I like some substance to my romances. There needs to be a plot be kind of beyond them falling in love and definitely beyond the bedroom. I get bored if that's all they do is, is run off to the bedroom or the field or wherever they're going to go. Yeah. Um, and, and all of these books I've talked about definitely have bigger plots than that. So some, I know I keep kind of going all over the place, but that is something I look for in a good romance. And this one was fun. Again, tough. The, I've only read the one book of the series so far, but I have the other two waiting on my Kindle. And tough, smart women, um, men with grit, but they're willing to listen to women, you know, and actually the other thing to think about is during some of these historical time periods, women's rights were non-existent. They were just kind of there to be pretty and make kids and, you know, or in the case of um, In Bed with a Highlander, she uh, came with a very large strategic piece of land, you know, at this period of time those lairds are they're all fighting all the time and trying to take over land and so she's 
very valuable marriage material. And so she's trying to stay, keep herself out of the hands of the evil bad guy. And, um, and so, you know, for her, she's not going to just marry anyone because she knows what her legacy is and she doesn't want just anyone to have her father's land. So there, there's some meat to this one. And, um, yeah, I just, I really liked it. I was very surprised that I liked it. And that's when I was like, okay, I guess you can count on the ripped bodice. To give you. And that, that was another recommendation from the ripped bodice? Yep. They were interviewing some other romance authors. Um, they, they regularly have authors visit their store and have events. And they were saying, you know, who are you reading? And, and one of those authors said Maya Banks and suggested In Bed with a Highlander. And I was like, might as well check it out. And it was a win. So definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. So the, the other two books in the McCabe trilogy are about the other two brothers. There's three brothers. So you're, you're going on their romance stories. Yeah. So each one will um, stay in the same world, but then mm -hmm. center on each brother. Yep. Uh, do the, does, does Amazon still have the unlimited romance, like Kindle Unlimited? There used to be, I thought, a unlimited for romance readers. Maybe it was an audio. It was an audio. I don't know if they still have it or not. I think it failed fairly badly. I know it did not do anything for authors um, at all. So I'm not sure if they still have it or not. I don't listen to audiobooks, so I'm not super well versed in what they have. But I just saw that because I signed up for it with my one audiobook and um, and it didn't boost anything. And, and from everything I heard, it was a dud. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, audio um, audio's tough unless you have box sets. Mm -hmm. so, like right now I just have one book out. And so my audio book is six hours long, just shy of, it's like five, five hours and 57 minutes. So no one wants to waste a credit, credit on a five hour, a six hour book. So mm -hmm. I uh, told my, the lady who does my audio books, I said, well, once we have all three out, we'll slap them into a box set and it'll be, you know, 18 to 20 hours. So yeah. then I'm sure we'll get all kinds of people downloading or buying it or borrowing it. We have it in a bunch of libraries. So oh, cool. uh, through uh, Find Away Voices, I really like Find Away instead of ACX because you keep more of your money and you can set your price and you can um, be involved with Chirp. I'm still mm. learning more about Chirp. Um, it's pretty new through BookBub, is that? Yeah, it's pretty new and you can advertise through Chirp and they have a newsletter that they send out with... Um, books, uh, audio books that are on sale for anywhere from 99 cents. Uh, sometimes they're free. Sometimes they're a little bit more than that, but that works better if you have a bunch of audio books so that the people get the first one for 99 cents and then spend more on the other ones. And so, I mean, it'll be a while before I have, um, two series out. So, yeah. yeah so I'm a bit of a slow writer. And then my husband retired about six months ago. So, He's kind of interesting, so I find myself spending time with him instead of writing. <laughs> well, it's good that you like him that much. Sometimes the hubby comes home, and we don't know what to do with them once they're home. It's like, oh, you're in my space all day. <laughs> I, that, I'm just, yeah, it'll be interesting eventually when my husband retires. <laughs> We've got a while, though. Well, he, he was retired, and, and we did stuff for like, I don't know, six weeks, and then 
we were in our favorite running store and they were hiring part-time people. And I said, you should apply. And before we walked in the door, he said to the girl behind the, then I know us in there because we were in there all the time. And she, and he mentioned that he had retired that day and they said, come work here. Excellent. I think that's a great little, you know, way to just earn your running shoes for one. And (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we have tons of running shoes. We're always, I would just send them to the yesterday on our walk. You know, I need a new pair of 11 glycerins. So get me some more shoes when they come in. I said, okay. Uh, Cause that's just, you know, it's like some people, I guess, collect uh, high heels and things, but for us, it's sneakers. We have, I just took, I think it was eight pair to give to the donation bin that were old, old sneakers that are, I can't wear anymore. Um, excuse me. They're been wearing them a little too long. And so they're trying starting to mat down a little. So they, I don't know who they give them to. They give them to somebody. So, um, they're still in pretty good shape, but, uh, but not yeah. for actual running purposes, but not for running. No, but for just walking around, um, yeah. whatever. Yeah. They're just fine, but not for running 10, 15, 20 miles. They're no. just not good for it anymore. No, not at all. Okay. So run down your recommendations one more okay. time. Yeah. And then um, if you're listening, uh, I will, uh, at the very end, I will spell names and things for us. And I'll have all the show notes. Uh, I'll have links to all of the authors in the show notes. Okay, perfect. So we have Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And that's T-A-L-I-A-H-I-B-B-E-R-T. We have The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test by Helen Huang, and that's H-E-L-E-N-H-U-A-N-G. And then for our historical, we have the Wallflower series, starting with Secrets of a Summer Night by Lisa Kleypas, and that's L-I-S-A-K-L-E-Y-P-A-S. And then we have uh, the McCabe Trilogy starting by Maya Banks, starting with In Bed with a Highlander, and you spell Maya Banks, M-A-Y-A-B-A-N-K-S. Okay, perfect. So everybody, if you are a romance listener, you can, a reader, excuse me, uh, these might be available in audiobook. Do you know if any of them are? I think most of them are. I think when I was picking them up um, on my Kindle that I was seeing the audio option. I would be surprised if if they weren't. Okay, cool. So if you listen or you read, you will find these on probably most places. We'll take a look and I will put links in the show notes. And thank you so much, Kayla. Uh, we'll have her back as soon as she's got some more to talk about. You'll have to get busy <laughs> reading. And, get, and um, do you have a, a new book coming out? I was thinking that you had something coming out. Uh, I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I had been working on the last book in my Seasons of Love series for over a year, and it was just not coming together. So I'm taking a little break and seeing the rest of the the inspiration I need to make that story end well will come to me. So I've been doing a lot of sewing and a lot of reading and chasing my teenager around getting her to all the places. You know, that, that, that's, that's a good idea. Readers, writers, excuse me, writers have to read a lot. I mean, that, that's, yes. that's part of our work is, is reading. And sure. uh, that's good. Take some time off, take a few months, do a lot of reading. 
And then one day, all of a sudden, you'll be sitting there and all of a sudden it'll all come to you and you'll run to your keyboard and you will finish the book. Let's hope so. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. You will. You just need to take a little break. And yeah, when you, when you, when you write, when you spend too much time writing and too many days working on the same thing, yeah, it does get, I think it gets to you. It kind of screws it your mind. It does. It really does. It was starting to put me in a little bit of a, of a dark place where that was, you know, it just started, it was a downward spiral. So I decided after Christmas that I was going to lay it aside for a while. You know, that's smart. I had the same issues with the second book in my June Nash misadventure series, mm -hmm. overthinking it, mm, you know, yep. and um, like I had a reader say to me, I love the first line of the first book. What's the first line of the next book? And I'm thinking, oh my God, is it good enough? Is no it good pressure. enough? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I sent um, part of the last, second to last chapter to my editor uh, a couple of days ago, and she got back to me with um, everything that I that I felt that was wrong with it. I wrote down, and she wrote back, and she said everything that I had said <laughs> that I didn't send to her. I just sent her the chapter and said, "Tell me what's wrong," and everything that I had written down as my notes, she sent back to me. So. I knew what, what the problems were, but I just wasn't, you know, you get to where you, you overthink it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, totally. I'm going to, I'm going to get back to it. Um, uh, let's see what is today. I don't Tuesday. know. I've got, I've got, um, I have to go pick up my car. My horn didn't work. I bought a new car and the horn didn't work. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that well, is random. <laughs> I know it wasn't weird. It wasn't new. It's a used car. Yeah, yeah um, new to you. <laughs> but it was, but I was waiting behind my husband and we were at a stop sign in our subdivision. So there's no cars around. And he was texting me. And so he's looking down and I'm behind him thinking, go. And so I started pushing the horn and of course nothing's coming out. <laughs> so I said, oh my God, that could be a problem. You know, sometimes you got to honk because yeah. somebody's going to hit you or you're going to hit somebody or something. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm waiting for them to call me. So I'm kind of distracted by that. I need, I need it back. Um, yeah. But uh but anyway, so I'm so happy that you came on. Uh it's yeah, good to hear you. about those books. I know that I get a lot of and there's the people calling me right now. So I will sign off and I will see you later. Oh great. Thanks, Melissa. Okay. Thanks, Kayla. Don't forget to leave a comment if you enjoyed today's show or if you have any book recommendations for me. If you are listening on the podcast, uh, drop down to the show notes and there'll be a little line that says, uh, click here to leave a comment and make sure you click there or I may not see it. If you are on YouTube, you know what to do. And you will also find the show on uh, Instagram at books uh, underscore cubed. And uh, you can leave me comments there or leave book recommendations for me there. I will see you next week. I've got a great show for you. I don't want to jinx it because I have not talked to the author yet, but I'm real excited about chatting with her. Uh, but come back. It'll be a good one. And um, in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.